Yeah. Well, hello and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hello. Hello. How are <laughs> things for you? You know what? Things are swell, Sam. How are things going over there? Good. I have a new little nephew. Yes, you do. That is so cool. Yeah, we had his uh, baby shower this Sunday, which I tweeted about. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he decided he enjoyed the party so much. He's going to, he's going to attend them from now on. So he's three mm-hmm. weeks early, but he's 7.25 pounds, making him one of the biggest preemies they've ever seen. Wow, yeah, well, that's really cool. I guess all the excitement of the baby shower really stirred him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. Also, if you if you listen closely, you'll hear nothing because David finally WD... Yeah, David finally WD-40 my chair. <laughs> yeah, it's so smooth. You can it's tilt back different. and forth without being a issue. <laughs> being squeaky awesome yeah because i'm a very uh antsy person so i need to move all the time makes editing the podcast (laughs) really annoying yes (laughs) i bet you know not nearly as annoying as a getting lost in a field of grass oh geez that would be that would be extremely annoying sam has that happened to you before hasn't happened to me, but it just so happens to be the plot of the movie we're talking about today. Oh, no. All right. What's going on with uh, the movie? Well, In the Tall Grass is a 2019 Canadian supernatural horror drama film written and directed by Vincino Natali and starring Patrick Wilson. It is based on the Stephen King and Joe Hill novel of the same name. The film had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest on September 20th, 2019. It was later released on October 4th, 2019 by Netflix. The director wanted to do a film adaptation of In the Grass as early as 2015 when he announced, who would think that grass could be frightening? Trust Stephen King and Joe Hill to find a way. They have transformed an otherwise innocuous Kansas field into a stage for some of the most disturbing horror fiction I have ever read. But the project failed to... to start. Then in May 2018, the video streaming site Netflix announced that it had purchased the film rights with Natalie as director, who also wrote the adapted screenplay. Actor James Marsden was in talks to star. Filming was set to begin the summer of 2018 in Toronto. On May 28, 2018, Natalie announced via Twitter that manga artist Shintaro Kago would be the concept designer for the film adaptation. And for Stormy's sake, I included two pictures of uh, Shintaro's artwork, which are pretty nifty. Yeah, creepy. I was wondering what they were there for. I was like, wow, pictures? (laughs) I can totally see his influence in the grass people. Like, those grass people were creepy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just I love Japanese horror manga, so I'm glad that they yeah they're real fun. Of- <laughs> Have you read um shit? I can't remember. Uh, 
Ito, I think, any of his manga. He did like no. um his most famous one is the uh wall where the people are all being called to because there are a bunch of people-shaped holes in the wall and each hole is for a specific person and it's just really weird and creepy and uncomfortable. I was not a manga reading person in my day. Well, <laughs> I should alleviate that because Japanese <laughs> okay. horror manga is some of the best out there. Yeah, I should really brush up on that. Damn, I just I can't even find time to read my book anymore. You know, I, I, I'll get to it, I swear. In the winter, remember. The winter. Right. Winter is coming. Is and that's just when, you wait. Soon it's that's when December. We'll get better. That's when we'll get better at everything. Not really. Yes. So let's let's get into it. I yes. like your first note on performance. Wait, that's her brother. <laughs> I was like really <laughs> shocked. Because the main girl, Becky, she is pregnant and she is driving across country to San Diego with a man who is very I don't know. I don't. He loves her a lot. <laughs> yeah, he loves her. If I can quote the movie, he loves her too much. <laughs> In that way, the wrong yeah. way. So when she said, "When she said like my brother," like I thought she was just like saying that to like trick the guy, but I was like, "Wait, no." That that is her brother, and I was like, "Shit, I thought that was the dad." Oops. No, nope. it, it was her brother. Their brother. They don't even look anything Ew. alike, man. You, um, really, the only performance we need to talk about is Patrick Wilson because, goddamn, Patrick Wilson is just so fucking good. Oof. When is he going to get Absolutely. the respect he deserves? Um, I know, right? Even with that weird mustache. Excellent. Fantastic. And he replaced James Marsden, who was supposed to play that role. And I just, I can't picture James Marsden in this role because A, James Marsden is too pretty. And B, like, Patrick Wilson just fucking nailed it. Oh, this guy. Isn't he, like, too pretty for this movie? Yeah, he's that guy from fucking Westworld. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. No, no good. Yeah, Patrick Wilson is like the attractive. Yeah, yeah, no, not horror movies at all. He's like more like a romantic comedy look. Patrick Wilson has Hmm. that horror look. And I've never... He does a lot of horror movies, but I've never seen him be the kind of antagonist of a horror movie. So it was really fun to see him just embrace it fully. Well, have you seen him in Hard Candy? Mm -mm. I still haven't seen Hard Candy. He's an antagonist in that that film. And I wouldn't call that a horror movie, but I would call that like close to a horror movie. I think my favorite Patrick Wilson performance ever is um, it's a very like low key indie movie that I feel like no one's ever heard of. It's called uh, Let's Kill Ward's Wife. 
and he oh, plays. Oh no, I have not. Yeah, he plays um just your average typical white suburban dad whose marriage is on the. He's separated from his wife, so they're about to get divorced. He's just not very assertive. And after the group of friends accidentally kill Ward's wife, spoiler alert, um, he like goes on Google and prints out a bunch of sheets on how to dispose of a dead body. So when they're having their little meeting, he's just reading it aloud and explaining it in like just this deadpan tone. I love it. It's one of my favorite roles he's done. Nice. I'll have to uh, put that on my list or something. It's a, it's a very dark comedy. I wish I had thought of it for like a play or something, but it's very good. Yeah, that, that does sound like uh, something right up your alley that you would come up with, actually. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Actually working on a new 10-minute play, which I haven't done like a 10-minute one act in a hot minute. So it's about oh, two friends. It's about two friends who meet up at a playground to dig up their uh, time capsule and it's revealed just through dialogue that um, they killed their other best friend. And the reason um, her, they find her charm bracelet in the box. And one of the friends, the only reason she wanted to dig up the box was for the charm bracelet. Cause it's going to look great with an outfit she needs to wear for an event. And then every like emotion rises to the surface. Wow. Cool. How do you come up with this stuff? No, I wanted to write a play about just two best friends after many years coming together and saying, you know, it's fine that we don't spend a lot of time together because when we do, it's like old times, but then it turned into this. So nice. So I guess like just like the Slender Man thing where one friend, the two girls killed their, tried to kill their friend and then just, um, there's this unsolved murder up in New Jersey where a girl was found in a suitcase. And one of the many believed plausible theories is that um, she died at a party and her friends panicked and stuffed her in a suitcase. So just stuff like that. Wow, that is super cool. Yeah, you're going to have to definitely send that my way when you're done. I sure will, pal. Oh, yeah, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Um, are there any other important notes regarding performance? I, I like Tobin. He was a pretty good kid actor. Yes, I, I yeah, I was going to mention that. I was like, he's not bad for a kid actor. On a, yeah, like you said before, nobody else matters except that Patrick Wilson is there. And I remember when you messaged me on Facebook and I was like, I know the exact part that she's on because he does a sexy thing in the movie. And I was like, oh, that's sexy to me. But to others, it's not sexy. But to me and Sam, it is. <laughs> what, what's the sexy part you're thinking? I'm just thinking Patrick. I don't Wilson's know. Sexy he, he, he says some. He's like he's got the girl, and he's like, "Do you want to lay naked on the rock?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Was that, um, was that not the moment that you messaged me, or was it like no, at an obscure moment? Him. <laughs> him. He's just very just handsome. Um, very handsome man. <laughs> I think the craziest part of this movie has we'll get into it with the plot isn't the timeline it was just when he fucking broke his wife's skull in his bare oh, hands and like yeah I did not that see that made me, that made me squinch you know 
they do that kind of kill a lot in horror movies, but it this time it was just fucking brutal. It was brutal because, like, one, I know that Patrick Wilson is a large, strong man, but, like, <laughs> you, you can't just fucking do that without special alien powers. And I was like, oh, shit. I thought oh, he's like a I, gentle I giant. So when he does something bad. Ooh. And it's cool because he's like, they're like, well, you know, Patrick Wilson's going to kill his wife. If he's going to do something bad. Let's let's make it like the worst it can be <laughs> and have him like just straight up crush her head like one palm over each ear <laughs> like a I don't know. I was I was thinking he was just going to snap her neck, which would have probably also made me scringe, but scringe. Is that cringing and screaming? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, because I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> nice. Neck breaking, it's not a gory death, but it's just like the thought of it goes, terrifies me. It goes through you, it gets under your skin, it just goes right through you. Because like it's just <laughs> instant, there's no recovering from it. There is no recovering from it, you're just dead 100%. <laughs> I mean, I guess when your skull gets crushed, that's also 100%, but uh, that's less likely to happen on a daily basis. Yes, yeah. It's easier to break break neck than to crush skull. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I guess let's move on to plot. Yeah. So uh, this movie has a very, I won't say convoluted, but a complicated timeline. And I'm currently working on a beautiful PowerPoint presentation trying to map it all out. But then I got yes. confused and I may need to rewatch this movie to fully figure it out. Once I do, I will uh, share the Google Doc link for anyone else interested in mapping out how this all works. So yes. here's what I've got so far. Okay. Becky and Cal enter the field, never making it to San Diego. Travis comes to look for them entering the field on his own. He meets one variation of Tobin. Later, sometime later, Travis hears Tobin outside the field and calls out to him in attempt to warn him, leading him into the grass. Followed by his parents, Tobin gets lost and loses his parents in the process. So then Tobin calls for help, which then triggers Becky and Cal to enter the field to look for him. At the same time, Ross finds the stone and discovers the secrets of the universe. So in the timeline, in the new timeline, where Tobin calls for help, Becky and Cal once again re-enter the grass with Travis in the grass. The four of them meet up at the body of Freddy because the field can't move dead things. However, before this, Ross kills one version of Becky and also kills Cal, which is revealed to have happened several times. And that's as far as I got. Damn. <laughs> complicated but i like it i got confused just listening to you because i was trying to be like because i watched it and i was like i've watched this i watched this god damn it why am i confused <laughs> what i think is happening in the grass is the grass controls time and that none of it really matters because there's probably like infinite universes and infinite timelines happening within the grass and the only evidence of this infinite timeline loop is the multiple dead bodies of each person because, as Tobin says, the field can't move dead things. Yes, exactly. It's possible to find your own dead body. 
Yeah. And one version of Becky does break through this barrier and that's when they receive the cell phone call saying, hey, don't let Cal hurt Travis because we'll just continue this loop forever. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Sam. Thank you for making that because I really got super fucking confused while watching this, man. Like, <laughs> hmm. I'm still just thinking about the timeline. How yeah, if it the even timeline. if yeah if any of it even matters? I know, right? We could be thinking like way way too hard into it, and it like could could possibly just like not matter at all. I think the only way I was, I was watching a video hoping it would make sense to me. Like they would explain it and I'd be like, Oh, duh, it's so obvious, but it's still not obvious. But the video suggested that no. the only way to break the time loop is to do the right thing according to what the universe wants you to do. So I think for the character of Travis, the right thing to do was to touch the stone himself and take Tobin out. So then Tobin can warn Becky and Cal not to go in. And then Becky makes the right decision not to give the baby up for adoption. And that prevents Travis from entering the field. Meanwhile, um, the wife and Ross are just fucked. Yes. Okay. Well that, that actually oh, wait, makes sense. If yeah. Travis never enters the field, then wouldn't technically Tobin never enter the field since Travis is the reason Tobin enters the field? Um, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like some hardcore calculus shit. I know, but, uh, wait. Was there a, I don't know. Was there a time when Tobin went in the field because he was chasing Freddy the dog or was Freddy running into the field because he heard Travis? Or... I think Freddy ran into the field because he heard Travis. And I, and so I don't Tobin really know the answer. Well, maybe Tobin should think... listen to his father and not fucking run in there. And that's why Ross was so mad the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the next time anyone is going to see me, I'm going to be in the office and I'm going to have my little PowerPoint printed out with all these little red strings going different <laughs> directions trying to figure out this movie. But it probably, none of it probably matters in the end. No, I feel like Stephen King and Joe Hill probably don't even know what the fuck. Yeah, the time loop probably happened because they were emailing the story back and forth to each other and not like reading what the other person wrote. They were reading it like out of order of receiving the emails. So that's just how it happened. So it's actually in chronological order, but like out of order because one of them has an outdated like email and the other doesn't. So boom. Check. Let me check in the tall grass novella because when I was skimming through the, uh, synopsis for the novella i think it is a little different mm -hmm. um i don't think travis is a character in the book fuck uh, that just well he I'm if not he's not sure if, yeah and this is just the wikipedia synopsis so it might not be the most accurate okay. um but based on this it doesn't even really seem like 
are in a time loop like it is in the movie, that might just be what would play better in a movie versus, I mean, I think the actual novella would be good. Um, I wanted to read it before the episode, but none of the local libraries have it. So that sucks. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I will read it in, in the next mini-sode. I'll update everybody how it's different. But based on this, uh, Travis isn't a character and um, none of them make it out of the field. And the book ends with um, an RV full of hippies pulling into a parking lot across the street to have a barbecue and smoke marijuana. They hear Tobin's call for help and the whole group walks into the tall grass. So, oh no. <laughs> the book has a very different, more pessimistic ending than the movie, which right now, since I've only seen the movie, I don't care about. So maybe I'll read the book and like that better. Yeah. But sometimes Stephen hmm. King works can be of questionable quality. Like I know you hate Dr. Sleep. Oh, Dr. Sleep is not great. You know what else isn't that great? Uh, insomnia. Insomnia. Yeah, that's just a whole lot. That's like 650 pages of just like weird shit. And uh, it's just fucking weird. Yeah. I know we all praise Stephen King for being one of the greatest horror writers of our time. And he is. But he also mm -hmm. just has a lot of misses. And I... In my personal opinion, some of his best stories aren't even horror stories. Oh, yeah. Like, what? Uh, which ones? And by me, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are just kind of like supernatural-based thrillers, kind of, in a way, a little bit. But yeah, it's really cool. I keep forgetting that he is behind those. But um, so one of, yeah. This is, this is more of a production note for me. Did this movie feel kind of like a made-for-TV movie to you? Uh, With the CGI <laughs> Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. Now that you bring that up, yeah, not, I also it also felt like there were cer certain scene transitions felt like they were designed for commercial breaks. Which, no, that's what I thought too. I really did think that. Oh my god, I, I, I forgot that I had that thought. But the first time there was that fade out to black, I was like, "Oh, is it over?" Because <laughs> because it was just like a, a a quirky thought. I was like, obviously, I'm joking, but like seriously, you could have filled that space with like a commercial. <laughs> yeah, and it's how I felt about uh you the TV series when I first watched it because I didn't know it was originally a Lifetime series. I was like, these are really weird transitions. Oh, Dude. it was on Lifetime. Yeah, we got to watch that. It's coming back in November or some shit. Great to talk to you yeah, all about yeah, it. Um, he has a. There's a second book that the second season's going to be based on. So oh, I see. we'll see. It might be better since it's going to just be a Netflix original this yeah. time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're probably right. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, glad someone brought up the creepy incestuous relationship between the brother and sister. Heck yes. Yeah, yeah because it was, it was I... It, it was really weird because... I was like, there's no reason for me to think that he's 
the boyfriend if he's the brother. And I was like, I hope this is like explored. And then like, it's just flat out like stated. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's not just me. It's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Freak. <laughs> I think, I think they did a really good job at playing that because they did. At first you don't really know what their relationship is. I know. I definitely thought that, that they were a couple, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you tell, can you read this and tell me this is me trying to make sense of the time loop, I think. And I guess we just already talked about it. Uh, simply put, are their souls stuck there? Are there, are they ghosts trying to get out now since their bodies are dead? Or are they really coming back to life like grass? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Cause I was like, is it a field full of ghosties? That would be really scary. <laughs> but then it's yeah, like think, multiple ghosts of the same person. Cause they die over and over. What the fuck? Yeah, I think if you just look at it, that a time loop going on within the grass and they keep dying and then coming back because they're doing something wrong and the grass is kind of testing them. Okay, I like that better. That that kind of connects the dots a little bit better for me. Maybe, like I would say Cal's test that triggers all of them to die in the last 30 minutes. Cal's test would be not to let Travis go and seemingly fall to his death. If Travis, yeah. yeah, if Cal hadn't done that, then they all would have gotten out through the hole the dog found. Yes, exactly. But fucking but. Travis has to be in, or no, Cal has to be an incestuous freak and be obsessed mm -hmm. with Becky. <sighs> you can tell that Cal keeps failing that one test the grass is giving him. Because there's like 20 versions of his dead body in the grass in the <laughs> same exact spot. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't and, like how. Yeah, and I think Becky's like choice to do the right thing is kind of bullshit because her choice to do the right thing is not to give the baby up for adoption, which fair. I understand that women change their minds a lot of the time, a lot of times during the adoption process and choose not to give up the baby but that's the right choice i don't know maybe it is for her but also like but for a family in san diego unless they're a family of like child abusers mm -hmm. but um i also wanted her to keep the baby only if she like was gonna get back with travis because he seems like a pretty yeah. stand-up guy Oh, yeah, like, Cal's like, you loved her in the first place. And, like, he probably freaked out, which is a fair reaction when your girlfriend gets pregnant and you're both pretty young. But he did travel across the country to try and find them when they didn't show up two months later in San Diego. Dude, yeah, and if that's not love and devotion, I don't know what is. I didn't see Cal and Becky's parents coming to look for them. It was just right? her deadbeat musician boyfriend. Yeah, dude. And like, that's cool. Maybe one day he he would get noticed and he could build a life for them. What the fuck, Cal? What do you even do with your fucking life? Be obsessed with your sister like a freak? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Cal is just your quintessential soy boy. He's got that stupid shirt on and his stupid glasses. <laughs> yeah, he's so dumb he left his glasses and, and, and cell phone in the car. Ugh, big no-no. And, and guess who figured out how everybody could meet up? It was Travis because he remembered, I mean, granted, this new version of Cal and Becky hadn't heard the rules yet. But he remembered that if you meet up at Dead Things, you'll find each other. Uh, absolutely. I was just like, oh, that won't work. We already tried it. Yeah, and Travis is like, well, why don't you uh, shut the fuck up and try again? Because you're such a hater and you're obsessed with Becky. Freak. So. And I do think it speaks a lot to Travis's own like character development that when he touched the stone he led Tobin out of the grass, whereas the Ross character tried to just continually kill them all so that they would never leave the grass. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was cool too because I was, I was like, uh-oh, is the rock just like gonna make you bad? And it's like, no, only if you're truly a bad person. Yeah, I think it depends on like your the inner workings of your being. Like before... Before Ross found the stone, we saw him like just cursing his wife and kid. Right? So, I know that's that was the joke I made. Like, oh, I fucking run in the grass and fucking watch him. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Jesus, dude, take it easy. Patrick Wilson was so good in this. I know. Got stabbed in the eyeball. <laughs> yeah, and then he'd have to wear a sexy eye patch. Yeah, well, that that eyeball stab really surprised me. I was like, "Oh, cool!" It's like, "Oh shit, the the scissor." <laughs> Do you think for Ross that when he's dead, he's just dead? Because we hadn't seen any versions of him where there's a dead body, like a dead body for him. We we saw Good that question. We saw twenty cows. Um, <laughs> I don't think we saw there's any dead versions. No dead yeah, tokens, but, I don't... but there's like different. Yeah, not dead. Um, I don't know. Either he does die and the movie just like didn't show the body because it's a, a hole or a goof or there is meaning behind him just not being dead more than once. I don't know. I don't know, man. I enjoyed this movie. It was weird and I'm still really fucking confused, but it kept me it kept me invested. Yeah, it kept me invested too because you know what? Um movies like this sometimes they cannot work out, but it if it's pretty good and it keeps me and Sam thinking about it for days after we've we're done watching, that means that you did something right and we're trying to figure shit out. I think I think the characters are all good. That's a contributing factor because if you didn't like at least one of the characters you're stuck with for this whole movie you're just well I mean besides Cal but Cal's meant to be unlikable yeah I mean I like Travis and Ross obviously because he's banging but yeah. Becky I can take or leave I feel like they didn't yeah. flesh out the they didn't do a good job at flushing out the whole purpose of her being pregnant in the field even though there's like engravings on the stone about that if maybe that had been more central to the overall plot mm -hmm. i i agree i think that that was really muddled but they did that whole like little like you know 
uh, montage of her like of her baby getting like all tangled up in the little grass leaves and stuff. And I was like, this has to mean something, but I don't know what. And it was never, my question was never answered. So I'm like, I really yeah. don't know. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. She was a fine character. It's just, they didn't use the pregnancy aspect to the full extent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they, I don't know. Maybe if it was a it was longer of a movie than they could have, but on I, I really don't know. We'll never know. It's a good length, but you could probably add maybe twenty minutes to delve more into <laughs> why they wanted the baby. Yes, yeah, a little, a little bit of backstory, just a tiny um, little bit of backstory, or what Ross thought the baby would mean if it was born in the grass. I don't know, but those oh. grass people, those grass people were good. Yeah, grass people, very spooky. They had, like, little holes in the middle of their faces. And I liked the music, the chanting that came every time they were nearby. Yeah, that was creepy. I, I forgot to, like, think about that. Because <laughs> I was too confused. <laughs> that, made a, that built a really good atmosphere for it all. It did. Yeah, because I really said, I really said, like, I like this and getting anxious. So obviously there is music that was making me feel that way, uh, as well as, you know, the, the, the setting. And I was just using too much brain power trying to figure out the time loop that I wasn't focused on the, the score. <laughs> Little things. <laughs> Little things, um, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this movie had me stressed out from the beginning, just because getting lost in cornfields and tall grass, that's real shit that could happen. I know, right? People get lost in shit, like, all the time, don't they? Yeah. The fuck? Like, the Appalachian Trail. When they walk off the trail, they get lost. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I, I was gonna say, like, there's stuff like that where, like, you can get lost, like, straight up in the woods and just never be found. Or there's, like, the aspect of, like, I was going to like say in The Shining how in the movie there's the big hedge maze and it's like there's just an inherent anxiety about getting lost in, in like hedges or grasses or cornfields or nature or trees or whatever, you know, because we don't yeah. know what's out there. Which is definitely a Stephen King trope is the unknown. Like you have shit was... The maze was in the novel, The Shining, too, right? Um, wait, what, what was it? The maze? No, it was yeah. actually a uh, topiary of hedge animals that came alive. So, no, oh, no anyway, maze. Thanks to Stanley yeah. Kubrick, mazes are kind of part of the Stephen King canon. And um, yeah. cornfields and just kind of this yeah. fear of the unknown, which is, again when I think Stephen King is at his best, not as dream catcher bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like dream catcher is what I'm getting at. I never saw dream catcher, but I hear only bad things about it. And there's, aren't there like seven dream catchers or some shit? Or am I thinking of something else? I have, it's just a really thick book. So it might've been divided into seven books, but, um, from my understanding, Stephen King wrote the novel when he was on a lot of painkillers because he had been in a car accident. So that's all you need to know about Dreamcatcher. 
Oh, well, you know what? Was it like a truck accident? Because he always walks walks at night uh, on roads and gets hit by like semi trucks. It happened well, like stop more than once. Doing that, Steven. I know it happened more than once. He fucking did it again. <laughs> Walk in the fucking daytime, buddy. Jesus Christ. He gets hit by a fucking a semi truck. Like that man is lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Anyway. Whew. That's all I got to say about the movie. Uh, <laughs> got a lot so of realistic yeah, aspects of talk about the realistic fears um i like this one i'm just drawn to it for some reason i don't know why uh ticks ticks are scary (laughs) ticks well listen the first the first thing i would think if like i was about to go in a tall grass field was like ticks especially if the grass is like above your head because people are always like Look out if you're walking tall grass, you know, check for ticks. So I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Becky was in a fucking like sundress. She could have ticks all over her and they could all just have a Lyme disease and get be getting really sick. And that's what the movie is really about. I was about to just say, what if like the real theme of the movie is what if it's cut to black and they were all in the hospital with like Lyme disease and they were hallucinating? (laughs) And they had like every every single one of them had like five big bites and they were like the bullseye look and it's like you're really sick (laughs) wait let me look at Lyme disease symptom (laughs) I don't think it makes you hallucinate but that would just be hilarious what if it does if you're like really sick (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't it just makes you like feel feel really sick and I agree the uh, separation anxiety of this movie like the moment you veer off the same path as someone, they get lost forever. Oh my god, dude. I would fucking freak out. I have, like, I, I don't have, like, like regular, like, day-to-day anxieties that others do, but I have, like, really bad separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, like, if this happened to me in tall grass, I would have to worry about ticks and then, like, hearing Luke next to me but not being able to fucking get to him ever unless there was something dead so when so you like that would definitely be him on one of those like toddler leashes no when we go on hikes sam we hike on a trail so we can see each other we don't fucking hike around in like tall grass where we can't fucking find each other oh. plus we don't like run off you know like fucking idiot cow like, oh, i'm gonna run off you can't do that I was surprised that they didn't go as far as to like tying their t-shirts around each other when they were following each other. Yeah, I was like, waiting for one of them to suggest that. I'm 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 surprised they didn't do that because because they were like there's something wrong and we get moved around. So I was like, well, let's try to avoid that by either a holding hands or b using the, the two gentlemen's shirts to tie around and and hold like a rope. <laughs> That Neither one were, were done. The fuck? I guess yes. after, you know, however much time they were out there with dehydration and um, dehydration and starvation, maybe they weren't really thinking logically. Yeah, yeah, probably. And also the Lyme disease. Yeah. The, <laughs> and that, the that's, something, that's something I do think about a lot with horror movies is like, 
there's a commercial I've been seeing because while we were on vacation, we didn't have uh, access to Netflix or Hulu because David didn't bring the Switch dock. So we had to watch commercials. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the commercials was like, I don't know what it was for, but it was uh, since it's October, it was a horror themed commercial. And they're like, what are we going to do? Let's run for the running car. No. What about that nicely lit house? No, let's hide behind the wall of chainsaws. (laughs) I remember those commercials. And I know it's never that extreme in horror movies, but yes, they do make questionable decisions. But at the same time, if you were in that scenario, would you be thinking totally straight? I was about to literally say those exact same words. I was like, well, you're not going to be thinking straight if you're in that situation. Let me tell you. (laughs) It's the same thing when in Scream, they talk about when you run up the stairs instead of at the front door. Well, if the fucking stairs are closer than the door, you better believe I'm running up the fucking stairs because I'm yeah. not thinking straight because I'm fucking 100% adrenaline and fear. Okay? Right. You think it's just some <laughs> asshole trying to scare you, not trying to kill you. Zero percent logic at that time. But if I were to be recorded and rewatch myself, I would be like, oh, well, these are things that I could have done differently. <laughs> it's, um... That's why I think the show, um, shit, what's it called? I want to say Scared Straight, but no, that's about punk-ass kids going into prison and getting scared straight. Tactics? Fear Factor. No, it was actually like a horror-based prank show where scary things happen to people and then you see their reactions. Okay, maybe that wasn't scare tactics because no, scare wait, tactics is like when people. No, that is scare tactics. Um, I thought you said fear fear tactics. Factor. Yes, I said fear factor after in case it was either one because they both have the word fear, but a synonym. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think scare tactics and um, even elevator. That was a short. Yeah. That was a short-lived game show because. It shows you how real people are going to react in these situations. True. People need to be studying, like, fear and how to... understand um, fight versus flight mentality. Yeah, because, like, I feel like people, like, know a lot about it, but we don't know quite enough in order to understand and control it when the situations arise. You know what I mean? They really never do, but still... People will do some dumb shit when they're scared. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. The uh, scene in question in Scream where uh, Sarah Michelle Geller dies. Can't yeah, she gets how- it's Scream 2. Yeah, I can't remember how uh, Ghostface enters. Uh, me neither. He's probably already in, in there because he's probably like a magical, magical thing that just pops out of the ground. But yeah, Ghostface chases her and she's in the closet. Yeah, and she runs her foyer. And she fights back. She just happens to be running up the stairs because they were the closest escape route. They They were closer than the door. Like the door was there too, but she like was closer to the left. It's funny that you bring this up now because I was watching Scream 2 last night. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was paying attention. I was like, Hey, she ran up the stairs just now. She fucking did it. She did the thing. And too bad for her. She gets fucking thrown off the balcony after she was stabbed twice in the back. Rest in peace. 
and that's happening right now. But, you know, theoretically, <laughs> running up the stairs isn't a stupid idea because if you get a one-up on the guy, you can push him down the stairs and maybe incapacitate him. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Or you could, like, do that cool thing that Sydney does where she, like, runs up the stairs in the first movie and she, like, climbs out the window and, like, gets out because he, mm -hmm. like, go goes away. But it's just if this really happened you know you guys maybe the front door but if you go at the front door sometimes the other ghost face is there <laughs> if, if didn't, um, <laughs> didn't drew barrymore run out the front door and still die uh, no she snuck out the back door and then she went back inside dumb bitch because her boyfriend was in the back steve that he was dead Drew Barrymore made a lot of questionable decisions too, but she ran out of the house. But unfortunately, she is not a fast enough runner. So you also should run like extremely fast and be a track star to outrun the the killer because he'll get you and he'll stab you right in the heart. Which is exactly. So yeah. if you're not a track star, I highly re recommend signing <laughs> up for track today. Or just try not to get in a situation where a killer will be after you. Okay? Don't make any enemies. Yeah. Don't, um... <laughs> don't let your mother sleep with uh, your future boyfriend's father and have him develop some serious... <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> that shit out right now. First of all... Make sure your mother is not a skanko and sleeps with every fucking man, including your boyfriend's father. Ew. <laughs> and then don't like act like you don't know anything about that happening. If it's the talk of the town, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. And then don't go out with him and then you won't be killed by your boyfriend and then his friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So it's if you could just not do those things, you'll be set for life. You heard it here first. <laughs> you know what? Really, Sydney yeah. and Cindy's mom could have avoided all of this had they remained abstinent. Because had yeah. Sydney's mom remained abstinent, Sydney wouldn't have even existed. So <laughs> I was about to say, wait, Sam, if she was absent, there'd be no Sydney. But that was like even or, better because she wouldn't even have to deal with this shit because she wasn't ex doesn't exist. Therefore, Billy Loomis would have never become a psychopath and probably would have been valedictorian. Yeah, I was about to say, what if what if Billy was like a, a really good student <laughs> after that? Yeah. And Stu would have been the anyway. salutatorian, which is the second runner-up valedictorian. Randy would have just never been the same because he would have felt something missing from his life. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe he would have used that 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 absence in his soul to become a famous movie director. Hmm. I like that. So anyway. as you can see, Sydney causes a lot of fucking problems. And if she didn't exist, it'd be better for everybody in the Scream universe. Exactly. <laughs> I love talking about Scream. Anyway, I'm yeah. about to do it today. 
there's always room to talk about Scream on a horror movie podcast. Love anyway, love I guess I would give this movie a, yeah, that fucked me up. I'm not sure if it's an ah, yeah, but it, I'm pretty fucked up about the timeline. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucked up, too. I said meh because I was so confused at the time, but I would agree that it fucked me up as well. So can I say, like, meh, I'm fucked up? <laughs> New rating. Meh, I'm fucked up. <laughs> meh, I'm fucked up, as in me confused. But... I'm still thinking about it right now. So if I'm still thinking about it, it it's it's not like I'm thinking about it because it was so bad. It's just because I need to like solve it like a puzzle. Yeah, I liked it more than I liked 1922. I'll say that much. Okay, I've not seen that yet, and I I will have to watch it some at a time sometime. I don't like it as much as I like Gerald's game. Um, Gerald's game was phenomenal. That was so good. Fucking loved it. One of and David's coworkers. Lucky for us that, yeah. One of his coworkers refuses to watch it because David warned him about the uh, hand gloving hand gloving scene, and he just Ooh. shit like that. Yeah, that's even uh, though he knows it's coming, he doesn't yeah. want to see it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, that's a great movie. I hope it doesn't leave Netflix for a long time. Yeah. Well, because it's a Netflix original. Wait, so since we're not having any mini shows this month, do we get to talk about the next movie we're going to watch or no? we have a next movie? I don't know, because I know we're doing Stephen King. Let me check the... the uh, Let me check what Stephen King titles are available. Yeah, and let me check just in case I actually like did put it into our uh uh and you know what? Fuck the Miss TV show. A TV show? Yeah, because every time I type in Stephen King, I see the Mist is on Netflix and I get really excited, but it's the fucking TV show. Ew. <laughs> I would love to talk about the Mist. No, we do not have a next episode at all. What the hell is Philow? We have we have uh, the, the Halloween special, which I'll keep secret. The Mist is available on Hulu. On Philo, whatever the fuck that is. I don't have this all this new shit. I got the top three. I got the Fantastic Three, the trilogy, Hulu, Netflix, and Prime. Let me check what Stephen King is available on Hulu. Isn't there are more Stephen King on Netflix. I mean, there is, but I already wrote a blog post about Gerald's game, unless you want to go into that. Let's see. There is Children of the Corn on Hulu. Isn't that still on Netflix? If not, I guess it just migrated over. Probably well, no, we're watching, over. watching Children of the Corn for our Halloween special, Sam. I have to cut that out. You do because we can't watch that yet. Okay, anyway, uh yeah, so you just look there. Net uh Stephen King movies on Netflix right now. Thanks, Google. Carrie. Do you wanna go go for that? Do you wanna go you that hard? Go I don't know if I wanna talk about Carrie. <laughs> 
Um, do, do you want to talk, not talk about it because it's too, you don't like it or you do like it? I like it. It's just, I feel like it gets talked about to death. That is kind of what I was thinking too. Okay. We're already, we're already doing the beep, uh, movie for our Halloween thing. Uh, the shining is, what about the shining? You think that's too long? Also too talked the about. Episode would end up being too long. I think the episode would end up being too long. We should save that for our series finale. Truth. All right. So we know when we t- each other and don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Already did Gerald's game. That's a. Uh. Uh, what the fuck? Well, we'll Ask figure it out. Ne- we'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. We'll find it. We, we will figure it out. There is plenty of Stephen King to go around. We could just talk about the entirety of Castle Rock. I haven't watched that yet. I haven't watched that yet. Oh. <laughs> I guess I should look at the fucking thing instead of Google because I just updated the um, the thing, you know, the <laughs> list. Why don't you go ahead and read the uh, end notes and then we can spend the rest of the week figuring out what the fuck we're going to watch. That's a good idea. I'll do that instead. Excellent point. Okay, let me just open the... I knew I forgot something. <laughs> uh... Here, blog website editorial stormy. Wait, that was that was the wrong thing to do. Podcast show notes, excellent. That's exactly what I want. Okay, cool, cool. We good now. All right, we will wrap up this excellent episode. We had a great conversation, and uh, yeah. So Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Um, today we learned that ticks are really dangerous in tall grass. So you look out. Also, we learned that if Sidney Prescott never existed, everybody in Scream would just have a better life. Okay. Excellent. Um, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, PodCoin, and iTunes really really like what you hear follow us on twitter at horror show underscore underscore pod or search for real horror show on twitter follow us on facebook at real horror show like our page and share stuff we also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found realhorrorshow.com want to interact with us want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. Um, actually, we post root and reviews th- once this month. Uh, I wrote one, and it is scheduled to go up, like, next week. I forget when I, I scheduled it for, like, 
I finished it a while ago and I scheduled it for like a long time after I finished it. So I don't know. It's going to come out. I try to make it like the middle of October and it's about uh, uh, spooky haunt actors and spooky haunted houses. Yee! So check it out. It's going to be a doozy. Um, we love horror. And if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also we have an Amazon. We got one submission what? for the October monologues. Yeah, we have. Do we still just have the one? We have two now. Oh, oh, cool. What the fuck? I didn't even do anything about that. They just found they us. just put that on the website since Ooh. we didn't get a lot. So. Well... Um, Either way, that's published. Yeah. They're published? What? They are published? Oh, no. They're not published. No, no. No way. No way. Oh, no. We'll save you for next year. If we publish it on the website, publish is published. Um, Save it for next year, too. Yeah, we'll definitely save for next year. So, yeah, submissions are open for our yearly anthology called The October Monologues. And it's October now. So since we only got two submissions, we're just going to, you know, just like roll it roll it on over <laughs> until next year. So cool. Maybe next year you guys will be more into it. And maybe we will be more into it, too. <laughs> yeah, check out the submission guidelines on our website and send us your creepy shit. You've got a whole year to prepare for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other pertinent news, Sam? Not tonight. It's October, you guys. I hope you're doing spooky stuff every weekend. I hope you're watching scary movies every night. Yeah, I love October. Yippee, it's fall. Um, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Sam may or may not put the song in this time. We'll see. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. Fuck I, off and have a swell I, evening. I have no excuse. <laughs> Sam just wants to trick everybody. I like causing chaos. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Bye.